baseball season is right around the corner and Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman will serve as your guides to the good, the bad, and the utterly bizarre corners of the baseball world on Baseball Barbecue. In the run-up to the season, they'll dive into the rabbit hole on some of their favorite fascinations, from the home run derby to baseball brawls and more. Once the MLB season returns, they'll break down the latest news and developments with their trademark wit and irreverence. Check out Baseball Barbecue on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. To the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm here with Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. We have breaking news. Breaking. There's been a trade. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't know if you guys know this. The 49ers have moved up what? to the number three pick. I know, right? Like, everyone is probably hearing this for the first time. I think we yep. beat Adam Schefter to the punch here. I think he has to drink for that, actually. <laughs> does this does this qualify as an emergency pod? <laughs> it's an emergency pod, which is very slow response. <laughs> So, okay. So the actual trade here, Niners go up to three. Dolphins move down. It's a whole thing. They're picking at six. The Eagles are picking 12th. You guys have had a week to digest this or five days, whatever it is. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon. DK, do you mm. like this deal for the Niners? They trade basically three first round picks to move up to number three in the draft. I mean, it depends. It depends <laughs> on who they pick. <laughs> I think in theory, I love the move because basically what it says is, and I think that it's probably true, the 49ers feel that they're a good dynamic quarterback away from being a champion. And if you look at the roster, very good roster. I think Shanahan's a good coach. They were just in the Super Bowl two years ago, last year, whatever, however you want to say it. With a quarterback who is pretty average. Yeah, super average. And that's guy. like maybe being generous. I mean, I think... People maybe, I guess, like change history or whatever, like a little bit on Garoppolo. It's not like he's terrible, but listen, if, if the pass was two yards shorter, he's yes. a legend. <laughs> I was talking my my dad's a diehard Niner fan, and I, and he was talking to me about the trade the other day on the phone, and he was like, "Oh, you know, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, I, I guess it'd be cool if we got Fields, and I, I just want to get rid of Jimmy G. You know, he, yeah. he's just not doing it. His 24 and eight record as a starter, I just don't care. And I was like, Dad, if he completed <laughs> that pass to Emmanuel Sanders in the fourth quarter. Do you think you'd feel differently about him? And he was like, 100%. <laughs> here's here's like, but he didn't. the thing. Here, yeah, I was going to say, here's the thing, though, Craig. He didn't. <laughs> he <laughs> he didn't, did not complete the he pass. He didn't hit that pass. So I just love that we're all aware that if he completed that pass and they won the Super but Bowl and beat Mahomes. But it's not just that. Don't forget that the yeah. previous round of the NFC Championship game, he threw like eight passes in the entire game. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> right. literally eight throws. It was like Kyle Shanahan's like, you know who's not going to lose us this game? Jimmy. 
But Jimmy does, he is in a different tier if he wins that Super Bowl. Like we yeah, now, he he's probably just, I know. That says a lot saying. about like the narratives of the Super Bowl, I feel like. You know who else <laughs> is keenly aware that Jimmy didn't hit that pass? Kyle fucking Shanahan, because he just gave <laughs> yeah. away three first rounders to go get a freaking quarterback. So, okay, as DK alluded to, I don't know about you guys. When I first heard this tray, I get the little push notification. I'm like, oh my God, Niners going to get Justin Fields. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then like the whole Mac Jones thing trickles out. He becomes the betting favorite. Chris Sims tweets about it. It's like this whole thing. DK, you're the person who studies this stuff. What the hell was your reaction when you started realizing that Mac Jones is like, like the betting favorite to be picked third? Yeah. I, I think still my, my reaction is, this is a smokescreen. This is a very elaborate smokescreen. And even though Occam's <laughs> razor is is basically, look, they really like Mac Jones. And I mean, look, he was on he was on a championship team, led the, led a really good offense to a championship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, accurate, decisive, good decision maker, uh, puts the ball where it needs to be, distributes the football, all this stuff. Like, I feel like we're we're being overly critical of Mac Jones, the prospect, because he's actually a pretty good prospect you know, based on all the things that he does. But I think the big thing is the ceiling with Justin Fields is so much higher for like what they could do in that offense. I mean, Justin Fields today had it. So we're recording this Tuesday. He had his pro day today, 4-4-4 in the 40. No, get rid of the 40, DK. We talked about this. I'm just telling you, <laughs> the point is... What, what about all the was, times when quarterbacks run 40 yards in a straight line? Whatever. <laughs> when they get open on, when, when they get open on a read option and they just blaze past the entire offense. Or it would be the, the second defense. fastest a quarterback's ever ran at the Combine, if it were at the Combine. RG3 being the fastest. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Do you think that... Do you think that Mike Vick didn't run that? I don't know what Vick ran. Maybe he didn't run at the Combine. I don't know if he even ran at the Combine. Oh, well, he, I mean, look, bottom line is he's he's one of the fastest quarterback prospects and he's big, tough. He looks like he has like the body type of Cam Newton. He's a little bit shorter, but um, and he's doing that like four, four, four. So the bottom line is what you can do with this guy in the run game is really, really intriguing. Mac Jones brings none of that. Mac Jones is on the spectrum of quarterbacks. There's like Justin Fields, who is more like a Lamar Jackson meets Dak Prescott, and then Mac Jones is like. Matt Ryan meets Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Matt Ryan meets game managers more like on the, in this on the spectrum <laughs> of game manager, if that makes any sense. So, I think people are are still trying to figure out whether this Mac Jones smoke is real. I think my my like bottom line, I do think it is real. Like at the end of the day, like if I had to guess, I think it is going to be Mac Jones. Wait, my you heart started out wants, saying it was a smoke screen. What do you mean? You think it's going to be Mac that Jones? That was his initial reaction. Was a smoke. My screen. heart wants to believe that it's. A smokescreen. My head is telling me it's not. So whether whatever that whatever that means, I don't know. I think that they're going to probably end up taking Mac Jones, but I my I really want to believe it's for Fields. DK, you are the draft expert, so I want to like run through a series of quick questions, and I want quick answers about about Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Because right. I'm sick of this. I, I just want to know <laughs> definitively what you think. Sick of it. You have a month ago. And brief responses. Okay, I'll try. Who's more accurate, Mac Jones or Justin Fields? And if it's close, say it's close. It's close. Okay. Who has a better arm? Uh, Fields by a mile. All the physical stuff like, like you know, agility, it's Justin Fields by a mile, right? Yes. Probably two. Um, what about like reading defenses? Who's better, Mac Jones or Justin Fields? I think that would be where we start to have disagreements. Mac Jones, I would say, gets the nod there. However, and this is like this. Sorry, I know you told me to be quick, but here, here's the context. <laughs> Here's the context of why 
Justin Fields is like purportedly falling down draft boards or the NFL doesn't like him as much. In Ohio State's offense, Justin Fields frequently sits there in the pocket and waits for, basically they run these vertical option routes where you get like 10 to 15 yards down the field or whatever, and then you make your break. And he's waiting for those routes to develop so he can hit his read. And what that looks like a lot of times is that he locks on to receivers and he can't go through his reads and he's like a slow processor. That's what it looks like. However, that's what he's being coached to do in in some cases, maybe not all cases, but at least in some cases. And so there is this perception and it might be partly true that he's just not quick. He's not as quick of a processor to go through his reads as some of these other quarterbacks, particularly Mac Jones, who's a very quick processor. You know, he doesn't have any... um, less frequently he'll like sit there in the pocket and take a sack or whatever. Like that's kind of like the main concern with, with Justin Fields is his ability to quickly go through his reads, make decisions, get the ball out or take off. Like he takes too many sacks basically. And so um, I think that is really the big question. And, and that like, that is where people start to diverge because like on those first few, it's like clearly fields. And then, yeah. but the processing thing is like where Mac Jones kind of starts to, to, to catch up. I, I also do want to just throw out, there's also the intangibles, and I do want to throw out while we don't get to talk to these guys, we don't know them as human beings, like right. the quote-unquote grit that feels displayed when his organs were liquefied in that right. playoff <laughs> semifinal and then comes out, it just wrecks Clemson, is the kind of thing scouts freaking are obsessed with. Guys who would literally die to play football is, whether you like it or not, what they want. Yeah. Not saying Mac Jones doesn't have that, but that's also very much a box that they Fields has checked. I just kind of wanted to know if, like, if these guys were on paper and there, you know, there's a lot of external bias and, and everything, but it's like if these guys were just written on paper as as math equations, and you didn't know anything about them, who would look better on paper? Fields, Fields. I, I the, think. I think the the tricky part about this conversation that makes it pretty hard actually to talk about it is that the actual real concerns teams might have about fields of what DK just mentioned of like, is it Ohio State system on Ohio State quarterbacks? Is it like the what he's being asked to do on offense? and processing is he a slow processor kind of perfectly overlaps with a lot of the history of like judging black quarterbacks and some conscious or subconscious racism. And it makes it really thorny to talk about. And really it's a much more complicated thing to dissect than fields is falling or whatever. So there's a lot going on here. And then you add in the fact that Kyle Shanahan just seems to be obsessed with Kirk cousins and Matt Ryan, (laughs) which is also weird. And Kyle Shanahan is the guy really in charge of that organization. Most teams it's the team president, the GM, employs the coach. The Niners are among the small handful where Kyle Shanahan's kind of in charge. Like, he's running that team. He seems to want a guy to be his eyes and ears on the field, to be kind of doing whatever Shanahan would do on the field. And apparently, I was listening to Tim Kawakami, who's like this longtime Bay Area, Bay Area mm-hmm. reporter on the Niners, and he was saying every time Kyle Shanahan starts going on a quarterback tangent, he starts talking to Kirk Cousins. All the time. And it's like the idea that Kirk Cousins is his ideal quarterback. The idea that Matt Ryan is one of his favorite quarterbacks. Well, who are the comps for uh, Mac Jones? It's Matt. D, you compared him to Matt Ryan, right, DK? Yeah, yeah. Before this whole 49ers thing started. this is I, I had yeah. my, my Matt Ryan as my comp like way before this all started. And Matt Ryan won MVP under Kyle Shannon. Who's the other comp exactly. for... And who's the other comp for Mac Jones? Believe it or not, Tom Brady. And obviously, what makes Tom Brady Brady is the mental... Right. It's not that's not the comp. It's physically he's tall. He has like the Brady thing. He's slow. Mel Kuyper has compared him physically, not like, you know, championship wise, but physically to Tom Brady. Guess what? 
The Niners wanted Tom Brady instead of Jimmy G. The reason the Niners got Jimmy G was because they called about Tom Brady. The Pats <laughs> said no, and then they got Jimmy G out of it. It was like a Coke Pepsi situation. <laughs> exactly. It's like we don't sell that here. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a couple a couple things. I want to address this, though, real quick before we move on from Kirk because Kyle Shanahan, actually, Kyle Shanahan actually addressed this. I think this was from the other day, and my buddy Kyle Madsen tweeted this out. So – in response to like everybody sort of connecting the dots and saying Kyle Shanahan wants a Kirk Cousins style quarterback, here's what he said. Here's what Shanahan said. Quote, to say that my prototypical guy is someone like Kirk Cousins, I mean, that's just, everybody knows my history with Kirk. We drafted him in the fourth round at Washington. I got to coach him for three games. We were fired. I left. Thought we'd have a chance to get him here in free agency, and I would have loved to have him in free agency until Jimmy came along the year before because I thought we could have won with him, just like Minnesota has. I think Kirk does a good job for whatever team he plays for every year. <laughs> There's a number of quarterbacks like that, but that's the only one I've been associated with because people thought I was trying to bring him here, which I was at the time. It's not because it's not because that's how you draw it up. Did he say I was at the time or was not trying to bring him here at the time? Uh, he was. But he's the only one I've been associated with because people thought I was trying to bring him here, which I was at the time. It's not because that's how you draw it up. If you're going to draw it up, you're going to drop the biggest, fastest, strongest, and best quarterback in the pocket. So I think that's pretty ridiculous to say that. I think he's that being like Kirk Cousins is his kind of guy. But I also tell you, I love Kirk. I know I'm not allowed to talk about other players, but Kirk's a hell of a player, and a lot of people would be lucky to have a quarterback like that. So I think he basically was like, this is a bullshit media narrative, <laughs> like more or less. I don't, maybe it is. But speaking of bullshit media narratives, where did the Mac Jones thing even come from? I feel like the biggest driver of this is because Chris Sims tweeted out like this is probably for Mac Jones. And Chris Sims, as we've learned this week, which I did not know, was so close with Kyle Shanahan. I think they went to college at Texas together. They have each other's initials tattooed on them. <laughs> Yeah, which what? blew my mind. They're like and best I friends fake going way until back. We looked into this. Yeah, where is the tattoo? I don't know where the tattoo is. They just each other's initials. I, I don't remember which one of them had never gotten a tattoo. The other wanted. What? Apparently, they got each. Isn't this crazy? Chris Sims, Kyle Shannon, each other's initials on their bodies. So they're like the best of friends. You don't do that yeah! unless you guys are like <laughs> blood brothers. So that's kind of what started this. Is Chris Sims is like Mac Jones? This is for Mac Jones. This is Kyle Shanahan wants a Mac Jones. He doesn't want a Justin Fields. And that's like, I really believe one of the, the key drivers here. Why is that for Kyle Shanahan? How is Chris Sims doing Kyle Shanahan a favor by saying it's for Mac Jones? This is what DK was bringing up. I don't know. DK, what does this do for your conspiracy corner? Yeah, like <laughs> is is Sims throwing people off the scent of uh, Fields or, or Lance? By the way, we're like now like 10 minutes into this podcast and I haven't really mentioned Trey Lance. Trey Lance might actually have a better chance <laughs> of being the best. That was going to be my next question. Is He didn't go to Ohio State or Alabama, so I feel like nobody knows what to fucking say about him. He also didn't, he played one college football game last year. The FCS season was moved to the spring. <laughs> but before we get to Trey Lance, I just want to make it clear that he's like on our radar. We're not completely forgetting about him. It's Today is, is, the, is the Mac Jones versus Justin Fields day because they both had the same day pro day and Kyle Shanahan went to Mac Jones's pro yeah. day. <laughs> it's like middle school, dude. It's like you got to go someone's party, but your friend's got to go to the other party. It's like this whole <laughs> thing's ridiculous. We're like at a cafeteria trying to find out who likes who. And you're like, I don't know, but his friend said this. I'm starting to have like major anxiety about what this pick is going to be. And I don't really it's even crazy. have skin in the game. It's it's just like, I think this is like one of the biggest intrigues uh, for the last couple of years, what, who they're going to pick. Because they gave up so much to go up, three first round picks to go up and get this guy. And logic, I think, would tell you that it wouldn't be for a prospect like Mac Jones. Now, again, 
that's not saying I don't, that's not me saying I think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback, but the type of prospect he is is very different from like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance where you have this like really incredible dual threat potential where you can really change the offense in, in a major, major way. I think the, basically you can talk yourself in circles. I don't know what the fuck it's going to be, but Chris Sims said it's Mac. What I've been hearing is that it's Mac. Daniel Jeremiah confirmed on the athletic show the other day. He said, quote, of the people that you want to believe and put your faith in, the overwhelming majority of them believe that this is going to be Mac Jones with that pick. So it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I'm going with what Chris Sims is saying. This is like multiple people in the space, in the draft media space, are like, yes, this is what I'm hearing. The overwhelming majority of like this of the smoke, if you want to call it that or whatever, is like, this is real. So I'm I'm kind of just going, like I said at the beginning, like I'm kind of just going forward. Like it's going to be Mac Jones. My heart wants it to be Justin Fields because I love Justin Fields and I think he'd be perfect for that offense. And I actually like Trey Lance for that offense more too, but I think it's probably going to be Jones. So we can get to Trey Lance in one second and I do want to talk about him. But I want to stick with Mac Jones for a moment because I think that this is stunning to people who do this for a living. <laughs> and I want to ask you specifically about Matt Jones was fairly consensus, kind of the fifth quarterback, or at least outside yes. the top three. We went from Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields as like one, two, to then mm-hmm. Zach Wilson passed him. Now it's Trey Lance passed him. Now it's Matt Jones is moving into maybe third quarterback. <laughs> right, right. Is yeah. this a difference within the NFL? The 49ers are among a small handful of teams. And, and again, this is assuming it's real. And they actually, let's just say they take Mac Jones third. Is this the Niners are among the small handful of teams who would prefer Mac Jones for whatever reason? Or is the NFL either higher on Mac Jones or lower on Justin Fields than the outside people in the media who cover this and that we're now just finding out? I think it's probably different for every team. There's no one answer. I mean, you know what I mean? Like some teams may love uh, Justin Fields. In fact, I saw Dane Brugler said this on the athletic show the other day, and I also saw Gil Brandt tweet this out. So it's in multiple areas. The great, like according to people that they've talked to in the league, scouts and whatever, decision makers, um, Fields' expected stockers grade among teams ranges from like a top five pick to a round four pick which is absolutely just that's insane. i feel absurd. like there was one team who put that. forth and then you can technically say that but everybody yeah. else hadn't been i feel like i want to know which team this is show yourselves with the but anyways li- I, I that one i straight up like i, I i'm not even yeah. getting it i think that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah but it just tells you i think the bottom line is it tells you there's probably very like widely varying opinions on not only fields but just like overall the top five guys like there's probably like a whole bunch of different teams have this order very different and you know like mix shake it up and throw it out you like you'll have a different order for every team so um yeah i think that's what makes this this draft so interesting you know and we could legitimately see five quarterbacks go in the first five picks which was never happened before we've never even had four go in the first four picks uh three going in the first four or three going in the first three picks has only happened i think twice and so this is just a weird year. You know, it's obviously weird because of all the COVID stuff and how that's changed the evaluation, but also just a weird year because you have all these like high-end quarterbacks potentially going in the first round. Next year's class apparently is not very good, so you're going to have teams maybe be a little more desperate to move up and grab one of these guys. And so, you know, all that ju- all that does is just combine to create chaos. And I love it. So I don't buy the 
next year's class isn't good because Joe Burrow went first and like, that no always heard of him before. And then yeah. Zach Wilson is about to go second, maybe. And like no one would have picked him to go in the top three rounds like a year ago. So I think right. guys do come crop up now. But one more question about Mac Jones. Mac Jones versus Trey Lance. What do you make of the mm-hmm. basic framing that Mac Jones is going to go third because he's polished while Trey Lance is a raw guy who needs seasoning? <laughs> I think you mentioned it earlier, Heifetz. You you alluded to the... Uh, Perhaps there are some racial elements. Yes. I think that's part of it. The other thing, though, there is a big difference between how, like the teams they played. Mac Jones played... I saw this from Hayden Winks. Mac Jones played a 98th percentile strength of schedule. Like He was going up against the best defenses in the country and shredding them, whereas Trey Lance... Was not. He was playing at the FCS level. You know, didn't play any good teams essentially. And to be honest, good, that makes sense to me. But yeah. didn't they play the same amount of games in their careers? Yeah, but it's the strength of schedule. I think that's. I believe they both have 17 starts under their under their belt or whatever. And so um, the polished versus raw thing is is it gets tricky. But I think what I think if if we're talking about like people making good faith arguments, it's like that that Jones has played a much tougher schedule at a much higher level. It sounds really cool when it's like, well, Mac Jones shredded LSU and Florida and all the SEC defenses. But you're going to say he had an all-pro offense. He has Devontae Smith. Yeah. I know Jalen Waddle got hurt. He still has... How many of the Alabama offensive linemen are going to be like day, like first two days of the draft picks? Two or three? Like Several, yeah. And Steve Sarkeesian, parlayed offensive coordinator, one of the highest scoring college offenses ever. How many of Mac Jones's... Th- I get that like shredding Florida is cool, but like... Are those yardage totals really due to him? Or is it like, were a lot of those guys open that he was hitting? He's underthrowing wide open people. Heifetz, this is like why it makes the Mac Jones evaluation is so difficult because, and I think why he, generally speaking, like a month ago, people would have been like, oh, he's lucky to be in the first round. Now he's not going to get out of like top seven, probably, you know, if all, if everything goes. So I, I think this is what makes it difficult. And the other thing I want to say about Trey Lance is everything we've heard. And I've heard uh, Lance Zierling from NFL.com has mentioned this a couple of times. Like when he gets on the, on the whiteboard and, and draws up plays, he is like advanced from a football IQ pro style, all that. Like he's very, very smart, very, very sharp. And so like the raw thing that gets assigned to him, I think is based on the number of starts he's had, but he's also very advanced like as a um a football mind. So I think this is Trey Lance, not Mac Jones. Correct. Trey Lance is who I'm talking about. Um at, at North Dakota State, they've like apparently prepared him as if he was on an NFL team. Like they basically go through every day of practice is like what an NFL team would do in preparation for an opponent that week. So wow. he's like pretty prepared to hit the ground running. And also this this also like makes Trey Lance, like throw Trey Lance in there. I think he's actually probably got a better chance of being the pick than than Justin Fields at this point because I think a lot of people initially were like, Trey Lance is a perfect fit for San Francisco because he comes from this offense where it's very run heavy, very boot action heavy. Um, he's got that running ability. He's very like sharp mentally. Knows the like he can learn a pro system probably pretty easy. Hit the ground running. There's all this smoke that they want to keep Garoppolo for another year, which would, I guess, point to the idea that you you give Trey Lance, who's coming from the FCS, he's coming from a lower level competition with 17 starts under his belt, and a year to get ready. So like all connecting the dots, and Hyphen said like, we were I was, we were talking about this in Slack the other day. It's like we're Charlie Kelly, like <laughs> putting like trying to like connect all the like yarn on the on the board, Carol! like 
Yeah. There is no Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> yeah, like this is what we're like this is what we're doing right now. Um for the ne- we're gonna be doing this for the next month basically until the draft. But um yeah. A- end of the day, I I this is great. This is great for content. It's great for yeah, we're the winners of this trade. Content is the winner. So wait, can I, I can I get my ducks in a row here? DK, I want to ask you about Trey Lance because I don't really I still don't yep. really know anything about him. So I want to do the the, the those that quick four question game again. So if you do his arm oh, it's Passover. Please. Passover's the four questions. You guys don't know. I don't anything know anything about, about that. No, I don't. So sorry. <laughs> I fit sorry. We're we're both just like what? It's, a, it, it's, it's very appropriate. Just keep going. Never, never. Got it. Got it. Why is this quarterback prospect different from all the other quarterback prospects? Can Trey Lance pass over the defense? No. Okay. Here's my. So first do you want to do like Mac Jones huh. versus Trey Lance? I want to do all three of them. So if you do arm, hmm. where's Trey Lance? One, two, or three? Two behind Fields. Accuracy. Three. Mm, okay. Processing. Mm, that's tough. I still think I would put Mac Jones like in a tier by himself. And then I'm not processing is such a difficult thing to like, right. See, you have to see know the from play. Like the, you have to know what they're coached to do. I'm, a, I'm reticent to like give that a grade or, or like put that those guys in ranks. Cause it's very tough to know, but I would say Mac Jones stands out because he's a quick processor. Okay. And then lastly, physical ability Two fields. Two. And then Lance, I would say, like okay. I think of the, the reason this is like a punchline and people are like astounded that Mac Jones would be it is because he's not at least on tape he's not a good athlete. He d- he did actually run like a 4.7 which was pretty shocking, but like he's 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 not a fast mover. He's very much in like the Matt Ryan mold of pocket yeah. p- pocket guy. You're not going to kill any defense with your with your legs. If you look at the last like 15 years of football most of the great quarterbacks are Matt Ryan styles. But I know. Like and the last yeah. five years of, of football, the best quarterbacks are more like the Dak Prescott style. When we were totally. growing up, the totally. mobile quarterbacks were like a spectacle. They were rare. And now the large majority of quarterbacks who are successful are can run for third and 10 and you're not shocked. Like if Matt Ryan runs for third and 10, you're, you like have a heart attack. Oh, I'm worried about him. At like yard, at yard three, I'm like, oh God. But he like is now, it's like you just pull up. up the 32 teams and you're like, who is the quarterback? You're I'm like, worried. Oh, they scramble on third and 10. Like, you're not surprised at all. They can do it. It's a huge yeah. change. So, I mean, it, just think about it from a defensive point of view. Like, it's just annoying. Obviously, obviously, you want a guy, like, the first priority is always going to be a guy who can pass. But Fields can do that. Like, that is, I yeah, think that exactly. is like the people like me who I love Fields because he can do both. However, I will say, yeah. get you a man who can do both. Like it's it, it is definitely the priority. A guy who can pick apart a defense with his arm. It's still it, it still is. It's always going to be the one thing that I could see NFL scouts getting freaked out about is the Justin Fields argument about like, well, he didn't have to do that much. Like he didn't have to do that. Have that much processing ability. The NFL, you have to do all of that. Like I, I could see like that being the number one thing that sticks out to them. Like like arm strength. You can get over that. Like, oh, he's immobile. So is Matt Ryan. So is a million guys. So is Peyton Manning. Like, but I feel like if you start to say, like, oh, he has trouble processing on the field, everybody freaks out and all the red yep. lights start to flash yeah. and you go, just take oh, yeah, that yeah. chance. It's true. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So I want to put a button on this, and I want to just kind of zoom out <laughs> for a second. Sure. This might be a little bit a hits bong take, but I'm serious about what this is. I This whole conversation has kind of made me reflect on like quarterbacks and picking them, and I have two main thoughts. The first is, if Kyle Shannon wants to take Mac Jones third, like, who the fuck am I to say, Kyle, you're an idiot. Lol. <laughs> like, you should take, you should take Judd. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't Kyle know what he wants in the offense? But the other thing, much broader, zoom out, is like, I feel like we talk about quarterbacks in the draft completely wrong. Or at least we tell at best half the picture. Because I feel like talent is completely overrated <laughs> in all of this. <laughs> right. And landing spot is completely underrated. I don't care yep. who the 49ers take. They will probably be the best quarterback. Even if they take Mac Jones, who I, do, who I don't think will be a great quarterback. But if he goes to the 49ers... I feel like it is a coin flip that he, Mac Jones has a, a better career than Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I, I thought you were going to just say that he's successful. I think if he goes to the 49ers, I'm like, this guy, lock it in. He's going to be good. Literally any quarterback <laughs> the Niners take because the infrastructure around them is they're already a successful team. Again, my favorite stat to keep in mind with the Niners and Kyle Shannon because everyone says the Shanahan offense, the Shanahan offense. What the fuck does that mean? Here's what it means. Here, the list of players who had the most passing yards ever in the first 16 starts. Patrick Mahomes, Nick Mullins. This is all time. <laughs> all time, ever. Every quarterback in NFL history, first 16 starts, most Love passing it. yards. Patrick Mahomes, Nick Mullins is two. <laughs> Andrew Luck is three. Kurt Warder is four. And Tony Romo is five. Like, that is what a quarterback-friendly system means, is that Nick Mullins from, like, southern Mississippi, whatever college he's from, like, <laughs> comes in and outpasses Andrew Luck in his first 16 starts. Yeah. Yeah, because Andrew Luck went to the shittiest team of all time. That's the point. That's the freaking point. So here's the thing. What happens if, ta like, I get you're talented. What happens if talent goes to the New York Jets? We don't talk about, we talk about these, like, here are the quarterback rankings. You know what we never talk about? What if, like, the co great quarterback goes to a bad team? What are the odds you can actually turn around? Turns out it's really low. Like, I don't, am I crazy? <laughs> right. No, I mean, I think your point makes sense because it's like, honestly, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, they're all probably good. You know what? The difference between the three yeah. of them is probably not that crazy. Yep. So the only yep. thing that really matters is where they go. And that's what's more interesting. Are they going to have continuity? Are they going to have good coaching? Are they going to have a good support system? Are they going to have the time to develop? Or Look at Ryan Tannehill. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Look at Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gase and going to Miami. Great example. Uh, so, Heifetz, uh, and to speak to the 49ers, it's more than just Shanahan, too. Like, they have a good skill, like skill group. 
Yeah, they have good. They have a good offensive line. They got one of the best tight ends in the game. They have Debo. They've got Ayuk. A really good run game that will support like the the passing game, the play action passing game, all that stuff. I was trying to remember Kittle's name, but it's like <laughs> Kittle. They've got Kittle, best best tight end in the game. One of them, and. All those guys can pick up yards after the catch. They're all versatile. Take some pressure off. Yeah, take some pressure off of the quarterback. You know, gives them some layups. And so, like, it's more than just the scheme. It's also the supporting cast. They've got they've they've sunk a lot of resources in the offensive line. So, it's almost like I've been thinking about this a lot too. Like from a point of view of like me doing scouting reports on these guys because I agree. It's like these guys are all good. How do you pick who you like the most? It's almost like I wish I could tell you. I wish I could could know now who which team they're going to be on and then I could tell you like how yeah. good they're going to be. You know what I mean? Because it's like, let's just rank, we should just rank the supporting cast of teams that are in need of a quarterback. That's like probably going to give you a better hit rate yes. than the actual quarterbacks. And so, uh, I think it's just like, it's like you said earlier, it's like hits from the bong take. It's, it's a very fascinating like chicken or egg sort of like discussion because all these guys have talent. It's just, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to like nurture that talent and, and, you know, give it a good chance of succeeding or whatever. It really is just nature versus nurture. That's the whole argument. <laughs> I think it's nurture. Like nature is, if you're even being considered yes, as a top five pick it. in the NFL, the nature's probably there. Yeah. Like if 30, 30 out of 32 teams are pretty much in consensus, yeah, that guy's going to be like a top five pick. You're probably good enough. Now they can't know your internal makeup, blah, 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 whatever. But I went through this and I was so intrigued by this question. I went through the last 10 years of the draft and I just kind of looked, who are the guys that are the quarterbacks that are basically considered good pick? That's a good pick. So just here's the list. Patrick Mahomes goes 10th. Unbelievable. I pick, think, right? Yeah, that's a good pick. Well, the Chiefs, I, I, everyone gets <laughs> he's good. Well, the Chiefs made the playoffs three of the four years before they had Patrick Mahomes. The year before they drafted Patrick Mahomes, they went 12 and four. Before they were balling they out with him. Alex Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Without, so it's like he didn't make the team. He put them over the top. The other one, yeah. Deshaun Watson. Obviously, that's gone off the rails. He's in a world of shit. But before, a month ago, that was considered a good draft pick. The Texans won the division two years in a row before taking him. Lamar Jackson. They The Ravens went nine and seven before they took Lamar Jackson. They're Josh Allen. Well-known, like very well-run franchise. Yes. Yeah. Famously smart franchise. The Bills. They made the playoffs for the first time in 20 years before they took Josh Allen. Very good defense. They've done well at drafting. Dak Prescott, that team was stacked. They went. They had a bad record the year before, but like that was the most talented roster in the entire NFL. Yeah, great offensive line. They've done really well at drafting like uh, skill players for sure. Russell Wilson, best. You, you wrote here best defense the last ten years. You could argue best defense ever. If they had won, the, if the Malcolm Butler interception <laughs> on that happened, a play that defense was not on the field for, and they'd beat their Peyton legacy Manning oh and God. Tom Brady in back to back years in I don't the era of talk passing. About it. They're probably known as the best defense ever. That's what Russell Wilson walked into. <laughs> the only yeah. quarterback of the last 10 years that I was able to identify that actually is considered like, oh, great pick, that actually turned a bad teamer into a good one was Andrew Luck. Mm -hmm. Andrew Luck took over a garbage team and made them competitive, not just season to season, but like every game. It's like you were watching Andrew Luck. He was really as good as promised. Obviously, the whole, the totality of his career was upsetting, right. and they squandered it with a terrible front office that really put no the talent GM around him. The GM blamed him for them not being able to compete. It's Remember unbelievable. This? But he was... Because <laughs> the they were paying him too much. <laughs> unbelievable. Like, But here's the thing. Doesn't that list kind of radicalize you? And so when I look at... Like, like all, you know what the, this says to me? The guys who are good, the guys who are competing for Super Bowls, 
The tail is wagging the dog. You should look for the competent quarterbacks that go to a good team that's already building something. Who are the good teams that are going to take a quarterback that are building something? The Jaguars taking Lawrence. I, however you feel about Urban Meyer, I'm kind of not on this bandwagon. The Jets, I understand. I mean, Joe you Douglas can like if you squint like enough, you can see them being good. But it, if it, you squint, they have a ways to go. They have a ways to go. When I look at this, I'm obviously going to take the Niners and the team that was in the Super Bowl two fucking years ago, fourteen <laughs> months ago. They were in the Super great, Bowl. Yeah, like a great defense two years ago. Yeah, whoever quarterback goes there is my number one quarterback. Yeah, I think that's totally right. Look at Josh Rosen going to the Cardinals, the worst team of all time. Sam Darnold going to the Jets, the worst team of all time. Like, it's not, you know, the other, the only argument you could maybe make, Heifetz, is what about Stafford? Stafford went to a pretty shitty Lions team. And That's fair. Them. You could throw Stafford in. You could throw yeah. Stafford in because he didn't, he took a team that was historic laughing stock and made them like, like almost fringe like a, team. yeah, fringe playoff team, which is not, not a competition, but like that seems, almost as big of a lift as taking like a slightly above average team to like the Super Bowl. Like obviously Super Bowl's bigger deal. Yeah. But, like so you, you 0 and yeah. 16 to like nine and seven's massive. So that's Stafford's fair. Yeah, you need to build the race car before you find the driver. And there's a lot of teams out there who are missing a quarterback and that's just about it. And those are the teams that like if you want to, you know, if you could buy stock in a team that you would want for the next five years. Like somebody like Washington, like they are one quarterback away. Like if mm -hmm. they could oh, finagle yeah. their way into getting a top five pick, like yep. that's a team where it's like, I could see them in the Super Bowl three years Absolutely. from now if they got Justin Fields. Well now, but they did just take Dwayne uh, Haskins and that didn't work out. Well, yeah, but I, that, two years ago, I don't think they were in the same spot it's different. they were now. It's, yeah, for sure. I agree. I'm just And that's one of the rare situations advocate. where there was like actual seems to be a problem with maturity and like it was right. They, and right. They, those kept cropping up over and over. Like, and that was, that's obviously is real because they freaking released him. So and we never got an answer. This line of thinking though, we, uh, we've talked about this a few times. We talked about it on the NFL show a little bit, but it's kind of changed my thinking a lot on like how to view quarterbacks coming into the NFL. It's like, it's almost a good thing if you fall a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Nora <laughs> you know was I mean? right. Like, yeah. It's like not good to be that high of a pick. We went on the NFL show. We're doing the big board for people who don't know. We're doing the, the big board on Fridays. We're on the NFL show, DK and I. And we talked with Nora Princiati about number one picks, the history of number one picks, because what started this thinking for me was our editor, Ben Glixman, pointed out that who's the best number one pick in the NFL of the 21st century? And I argued it was Eli Manning. And everyone laughed at me. And I was like, well, Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. <laughs> the only other number one pick to has a Super Bowl is Eric Fisher, who's a tackle for the Chiefs. No, like, like, isn't that wild? And then you extend it out to top 10 picks. Think about this. There's been like 51 quarterbacks drafted in the top 10 over the last 30 years. So 51 quarterbacks, top 10, last 30 years. Only three won a Super Bowl with their team. And two are the Mannings. Eli, Peyton, and Mahomes. Those are the top 10 quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. The, uh, by the way, and, and people are going to point out, Eli wasn't even drafted by the Giants. <laughs> That's very fair. And so, <laughs> and th there's a caveat there. Trent Dilfer was like technically draft, like well, number one pick, but right, I mean, he right, didn't get right. a second contract. A lot of number one picks have actually, like, or not of top ten picks have actually lost the Super Bowl. But regardless, it's a team sport. You're one of 53 players, and I think we don't think of it that way. It's think it, it's almost like it's a job. One person can't change an organization. But well, one person can help put an organization over there's the There's a fine line. I think there is a fine line because I I, I would never argue that quarterback isn't that important. <laughs> or quarterback yes. is easily the most important position on a team. However, 
unless you're like freaking Brady, which I don't even know if you could make that argument. Like he's always had pretty decent supporting cast, but like most quarterbacks aren't going to elevate a team enough to make them Super Bowl champions. It has to be like a number of different variables in place. But I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit. Like quarterbacks are very important to it. Yeah. To what's a the galaxy brain take here? If you are a shitty team and you need a quarterback and you have the first pick in the draft, you should not take a quarterback. You should take an O lineman and get your team to seven and nine, and then you can draft <laughs> then, a quarterback. Then to f- figure out a way to draft, like trade up. And, yeah. I mean, it's like it's so hard to get a good quarterback to look at what the 49ers are doing. I mean, they have a Super Bowl roster and they're mortgaging their future to go get a guy. You know what I mean? They're they're trading two future first round picks plus their first round pick this year. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how, man, who is it going to be? This is going to kill me the next month. Well, you you know, one interesting conversation that people were having about Mac Jones, you know, Bill on the NFL show last week was complaining when Kevin was like, oh, he's, you know, he might be Matt Ryan. And Bill was like, I don't want. Do you that. want? Do you want that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want Matt Ryan's career. And Kevin was like, "Well, you know, MVP, Super Bowl appearance." And Bill's like, "Cool. Don't want Matt Ryan. I would not take <laughs> Matt Ryan's career." <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is a really interesting conversation, to be honest. Because how do you guys feel about that? You know, I think it's fun to grab a quarterback's career and think, would this career be the number one pick in the draft right now? And Matt Ryan is the comp for Mac Jones. If you knew Mac Jones was going to be Matt Ryan, would he be the number one pick in the draft to you? Or the number three pick? No, let's say number one. Number one? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I think so. He's had a really good career. He, he helps make his team very competitive every year. There's going to have... I'll have people probably like complaining to me about this on Twitter or something like, oh, you want a guy who's going to lose in like the fourth quarter or whatever, blow a two-quarter lead? Like, I get that. I get all that. Well, However, Craig started this podcast with three minutes about Jimmy Garoppolo missing that pass. <laughs> yeah. Like you give Jimmy that. Give Matt the Ryan other thing, the though, like Garoppolo's like always hurt, man. Like I feel like what's that the common theme there on both those teams that choked? Kyle Shanahan, maybe he's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> let's really let's really dig deep here. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you guys is, what current quarterback? What's the worst career that you would take as the number one overall pick in the draft? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Like you can have their career right now. I got it at Matt Stafford. If you know you'll get Matt Stafford. Are they going number one in the draft? I think so. Absolutely. Because the Lions were bad and he made them good. Is there anybody worse? Kirk Cousins? Wow, that's a good question. Yeah, throw out a few names. Cousins, no. Derek Carr, no. Dak Prescott? No. I think I would take Dak Prescott. I mean, the annoying answer is it depends who's available, but like it would be disappointing if you got Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr's career as a number one pick. It would certainly be disappointing. Yes, correct. I agree. I think you're right. I don't, I think I would, I would roll the dice. Um, Taysom Hill? If you, (laughs) <laughs> what about cam newton he's not even a starter probably cam, yes see cam, cam is a super bowl one. i say yes on cam i think yes on cam it, I, although it would leave you frustrated to be fair right but i think you have to take that but honestly it might yes. be the kid cam's hard because he was so injured but yeah. wow this so is it's a, close what about matt ryan would you rather cam's career or matt ryan they both lost the super bowl and they both won mvp I think oh, Matt Ryan has more been more consistent. Cam's had higher highs and lower lows, uh, yeah. and the lows yeah. have been pretty low. But Matt Ryan's anonymous. Like there is something intangible about your guy being cool and famous, and like he's on your team. Matt Ryan, not only uh, Cam Newton was the most exciting player in the NFL for brief periods of his time. Right. Matt Ryan is, in my opinion, the most maybe the most anonymous player. <sighs> in maybe any major sport of the last 20 years for someone who's actually been around for a long time. Starting quarterback who's never missed a game 
And he's won an MVP. Like he's got to be the most MVP. Do you MVP. know one thing about Matt Ryan? <laughs> he plays for no. the literally Falcons. one. No other. He won MVP. <laughs> he went to Bowl. Boston College. He went to. Other than things you could find in like the first two sentences of his Wikipedia. Do you know one thing about Matt Ryan? He was on a commercial. I can't remember the commercial though. <laughs> you know the you know the thumb people from Spy Kids. He kind of looks like that to me. I'm just saying. Is there like you don't even know what his voice sounds like? Is there like another even an NBA NFL whatever is there like an mvp that you know literally nothing about in a sport you follow it's crazy you can't pick an anonymous guy number one who wants that have you guys ever heard of face blindness there's this condition what? where people can't <laughs> recognize faces it's actually a real thing i'm not joking about that i will say though matt ryan as a person there's like person blindness like i'm trying to think of the fact that he was in a commercial like doesn't speak well to the company that made him like his their <laughs> spokesperson because I can't remember who he was like who he was sponsored by. I can't remember what the commercial was. That's not a good thing. You're supposed to remember commercials. You're supposed exactly. to remember personal details about players' lives if they're like a superstar. I'm per I'm person blinded uh, to Matt Ryan like his throughout his career. I have face blindness. As Craig alluded to, there needs to be a line of like, what is the worst quarterback you would take? I don't know who the worst quarterback that I would take number one, but to me, Matt Ryan's definitely the best quarterback that I would not take number one. Really? Okay. I think I would. I think I would still take him, but I think he's the line. He's the line. I was going to throw out Teddy Bridgewater, so you wouldn't take him number one. Oh no, no. no. Well, I guess I guess I would have. I mean, it's annoying. It depends who's there. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback, you'll take Matt Ryan. But it's also twelve years of like just so boring. It's just. But like the whole point is, is regardless who's there, if you can snap your fingers and say Trevor Lawrence will be Matt Ryan and have his career, would you take it? No. Oh my God. No. I I would roll the dice. I think I would. I would roll I the think dice. I would. That's so boring. He won MVP. It's like the opposite of love isn't hate the opposite of love is indifference and i'm just more indifferent toward <laughs> matt ryan than any professional athlete but if somebody was just like he'll win an mvp and blow a super bowl in in the next 10 years for the jags like I, you don't think the jags would take that no i think they might i think they would i think they would too <laughs> I, all right maybe I, it's the matt ryan line that's what we'll call it i feel like you get a lot of like as a franchise you get you earn a lot of capital by just going to super bowls you don't have to even win it Email it. You have to win it. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Craig, what's the actual prompt here? Put in a nice, concise sentence. It's like the Mendoza line or whatever. Or yeah, who was the worst quarterback whose career you take first in the draft? <laughs> Alex Smith. <laughs> Alex oh God, Smith. no, I'm That's not taking actually, Alex Smith. Yeah, I wouldn't either. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So with all that said, should we look at the fantasy impact here of whatever the hell the Niners are going to... With all that said, I think that we're pretty <laughs> yeah. down on whoever... The point is that whoever the Niners take, a quarterback's probably going to be pretty good. And, like, we're into him. So, like, I'm curious where you guys would take a Niners rookie quarterback. And obviously, there's a massive gap here, whether it's Fields or Lance or um, Mac Jones. But I'm curious, with all that said, what you guys would do with the Niners rookie or any of these rookies in fantasy this year in, like, a one-quarterback league. DK, let me ask you. Is there a massive yeah. gap? It, does it matter who goes to San Francisco? Are they the number one quarterback in fantasy drafts? 
For rookies. Uh, no, I think there is a huge gap. So if yeah, for rookies. So in my mind, if it's either trade, well, first of all, we gotta ask, we gotta ask the question whether anyone is going to be starting in year one for San Francisco. That's a good point. Let's let's assume whoever they draft, whether it's Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields, they will start in year one. I'm which is not infin- a given. It's not a given, but let's just assume it for for this exercise. I 100% am way more excited about uh, Justin Fields than Mac Jones because of the rushing thing. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, you know, the Konami code, the ability to run. I really think Justin Fields has like Cam Newton-esque upside. Cam Newton as a rookie, you know, rushed for what, like 10 touchdowns or whatever it was. And I think he brings that kind of potential to like be a game-changing player in the fantasy realm. I think Mac Jones could be a very, very good quarterback for the 49ers. However, he's just not going to be the same kind of prospect from a fantasy point of view because he's not going to be a runner. So um, I think that is like the big thing in my mind. And oh, Cam, Cam rushed for 14 touchdowns as a rookie. I kind of forgotten. 760. What if it's Trey Lance? Touchdowns. 14. I mean, Trey Lance is in the, he's a tier below fields in my mind, but like from the same point of view, he has that skill set. He did a lot. He ran a lot in college. He was like a very good, powerful runner in college. And so I think I would put him in sort of like the same group, sort, sort of the same maybe like tier as um, as Justin Fields. I would just be more excited about Fields because I think he has a higher ceiling. Mac Jones, I think, is you know, he could probably run the offense pretty efficiently and be a good quarterback, but the ceiling is just different with that guy. Is there a landing spot for any of these quarterbacks in the draft that would make any of them a starting fantasy quarterback in a redraft team this coming year? I think if Fields or Lance goes to either the Broncos or the Panthers, yes. Or hmm. or the 49ers, clearly. You think they would be one of 12 starting quarterbacks on a fantasy team? Yeah, I do. I mean, look at what look at what Hurts did last year in his limited ability to start. Like his the rushing thing is so big. I think that, yeah, I think they have a chance to be. I agree if Fields goes to San Francisco or Denver, I want Fields. Not Carolina. Denver, I'm, I just have less faith. Obviously, Joe Brady, like, it's really exciting, like, in theory. Yeah. But yeah. I just kind of want to see it. Like, I can't imagine playing the Panthers quarterback in week one. of. But, like, I could envision playing Justin Fields in week one of, like, with Kyle Shannon getting a whole season to scheme up stuff. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know about Mac Jones. But, like... I and then Broncos, they're just so talented. The Broncos sneakily have an amazing roster. They, they, just they need do to get a quarterback. Yeah, the Broncos are that team then uh, that we were talking about yes, earlier. The Broncos really, the Broncos are actually right there with the Niners in terms of like landing spot because the receivers. They, I mean, they have no offense a first round pick. Jerry Jude is a first round pick. KJ Hamler is like a high end, I think, end second round pick. Second round. Cortland Sutton's coming back. Their offensive line's pretty good. Their defense is like, I mean, you got Von Miller coming back. Amazing secondary. They just pull up Kyle Fuller. Vic Fangio is like one of the best defensive coaches. Like, it is sneakily maybe the best landing spot for a rookie quarterback. I mean, if if everyone wasn't so obsessed with Kyle Shanahan, it would be right there with San Francisco. (laughs) Right, right, pretty much. So if whoever falls to Denver is also just, I I look at San Francisco as like a Willy Wonka golden ticket for whoever gets there with a quarterback, but Denver's not like a bad consolation prize. I'd way yeah. rather be in Denver than Jacksonville or the Jets. Yeah. Also just in life in general. It seems really nice there. You can hike. So we were talking about, we were talking about this subject basically offline and and I think I really was just like, 
Am I getting too excited about the potential for your, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance on, um, you know, rookie contract? Really, even like talking about Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Like, should should I be excited about rookie quarterbacks? Because I feel like I'm very excited, but maybe I'm like just stuck in rookie zone, and I'm like, you know, I'm doing the draft guide, and in that you like got color, tunnel vision. Yeah, exactly. I have like a little bit of myopia. I'm just like these guys are awesome, and then. Lo and behold, when the season starts, it's like, you know, they're going to have, they're going to take their rookie lumps. They're going to be, you know, maybe not as good as you were hoping or not quite as efficient as you were hoping. So I, so we were talking about this. So we went back over the last 10 years because I think we can all acknowledge like over the last 10 years, NFL has changed. And we looked at basically the history of rookie quarterbacks in fantasy and kind of like tried to decide what the hit rate was, what the expectations should be, maybe. Um, so do you want to, sh- Craig, should we just go through it? Or how do you want to do this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, basically, we, we if you're thinking about drafting a rookie quarterback in a redraft league their first year, no ma- pause. No matter how cool or exciting they are, <laughs> you probably shouldn't do it. And here's why. In the last 10 seasons, 44 quarterbacks have started four or more games in their rookie season. 44 quarterbacks. Seven of them have finished in the top 10 in fantasy points per game. <laughs> Seven out of 44. Not a great hit 15%. Rate. So literally a dice roll, because that's a six. Literally. Cam Newton, RG3, Andrew Luck, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert. And Jalen Hurts is close because he played four games. So it's like, is that really helping your fantasy team? Like right. maybe you'll win a playoff. That probably doesn't even count, yeah. Uh, and you can expand it to it, it's it goes from seven quarterbacks to nine if you if you want to make it the top twelve instead of the top ten then you add Russell Wilson and uh, Kyler Murray but yeah I mean of those nine quarterbacks the average NFL draft position of those nine is thirty first in the draft it's not like all these guys are first second pick here here's how they go Cam Newton went one as did Andrew Luck and Kyler Murray RG three went two Herbert six Deshaun Watson twelfth and then you go really low Jalen Hurts fifty third overall Russell Wilson seventy fifth overall and Dak Prescott one hundred and thirty fifth overall it wasn't like super skewed to the last few years either it was cam rg3 luck Dak, deshaun hurts herbert it was it's almost like i don't know what the line would look like over the years but that's like and then you add russell wilson kyler murray it's it's not just like a bunch of guys in the last few years is what i'm saying it's basically spread out over the last decade and a few of those were just unpredictable yes Court, I mean, no one fucking knows Dak, deshaun and herbert were all really good immediately as fantasy players. And it was really hard to, it was just, it, I mean, no, quite frankly, very few people saw that coming. No one saw Dak because he was a fourth round pick and he was behind yeah, Dak's Roma. a fourth round pick. Yeah, exactly. And Herbert, it's not like Herbert was, people were like, yeah, Herbert, you know. Oh, speaking of Herbert, I want to, I want to speak to this Herbert point right now, just because I think it's interesting and funny. Basically, Herbert was in a lot of ways, the Mac Jones of last year's draft. He was the forgotten guy. He was oh, the guy wow. that draft Twitter kind of shit on. You're right. And people were low on him. I'm speaking in generalities. Obviously, there's some people that really liked him. But like overall, I'd say draft Twitter was like, this guy's a joke. Not a joke necessarily, but he's not nearly as like good as these other guys. Nothing he showed us in college is like makes us get excited. He comes out and lights it the fuck up. Like he was really good. <laughs> And honestly, you could go back and watch his tape from from college and be like, "What? Where did this come from?" <laughs> but I need <laughs> you, you know to define mean? draft Twitter for people who are mentally healthy and, and don't know what that is. I mean, draft Twitter is just basically like a little bit of an echo chamber on Twitter of guys that study the draft and and, and women that study draft, and basically, um, you know, it, there's a lot of groupthink that goes on, and you get you got a lot of people that are sort of like. The tastemakers, you know, the really smart people, Dan and Jeremiah, Dane Brugler, Lance Zierlein, when they say things, 
those things catch on quickly among basically everybody else. And I mean, it's very diff- I would say it's very difficult to like be completely objective when you see the NFL and, and like it's it's very hard to be I think completely objective when you see people in the NFL love Mac Jones. You're like, what do I not see? You know what I mean? It's only it like makes you like think, well, maybe I'm missing something. Even though like the NFL is wrong all the time too, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like we're all just out here guessing. But it, I think it's hard to like maintain objectivity or like full confidence that you are seeing it fully clearly. I guess if if I, and Daniel Jones is another example. Like I was really low on Daniel Jones. The NFL, Dave Gettleman, clearly very high on Jones, and then somewhere in the middle, I think. Is, <laughs> I think he's landed somewhere in the middle. He was clearly much better than I gave him credit for. I'm going to say that because I think it's absolutely true. However, he's definitely not, or at least he hasn't been yet, as good as like the Giants thought he was. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm just like I'm I'm pumping the brakes on being like Mac Jones. This is a fucking joke. Three over three overall. You know what I mean? Because I think everything we just talked about, like landing spot is so huge. It's very, very difficult to like separate scheme from talent, from teammates, from competition, all that shit. So basically Herbert, I think was a good lesson to be like, all right, well, you know, like just pump your brakes. Like these guys are all different, like human beings. Like everybody develops at a different speed. Everyone has a different skill set. It's, it's all very unique situations and we shouldn't just immediately assume a guy's going to suck at the NFL level. I know that makes me kind of want to buy into Mac Jones, to be honest. Yeah. And that's the point. That was, that was exactly what I was going to say is like the easiest way to like get value in fantasy is to like go against like basically if everyone in draft Twitter and everyone on Twitter in general agrees on one thing, then you know it's going to be wrong, basically. <laughs> draft Twitter thinks one thing and then you and Kyle Shanahan think the other. I'm going to go yeah. with Kyle Shanahan instead of some <laughs> moron. And by the way, I'm including myself. I'm including myself in draft Twitter. I'm not like saying they. I'm just saying like, you know what I yeah. mean? It's it's like if the overall consensus is one thing, it's like that's like the surest sign that it's incorrect. So I think one notable thing about these these uh, nine guys who had a strong rookie fantasy season, literally every single one of them is mobile. The least yep. mobile guy on here is like Justin Herbert, I guess. Andrew Luck. Herbert's pretty mobile, but he's not like a he's not a Konami code guy. But Herbert yeah. can run. But to temper your expectations here, so those nine guys finished in the top twelve their rookie season. The remaining 35 quarterbacks who made up that 44 quarterbacks who started four-plus games in their first season. These are rookie starters, right? Rookie starters. Okay. Wait, sorry, say those numbers again. 44 quarterbacks have started four-plus games in the last 10 years. Nine of them were good. The other 35, <laughs> their average finish their first year was QB 28. So it yeah, doesn't work, uh, and it doesn't so work worse than quickly. worse than like a backup in a one-quarterback league. Yeah. So my recommendation there would be don't draft a rookie quarterback unless they're mobile. But based on all this, it's also <laughs> look for them right. in free agency and on waivers because the ones who are good seem to be good immediately. Jalen Hurts last year, like, puts up 25, go get them. Because if they yes. can do it, they seem to be able to keep doing it. So it seems to be the theme here is don't draft rookie quarterbacks, but pick them up if they're if they're scoring really quickly. Yeah. So let's get back to the Niners here for a second. Who do you think they should take and what's that fantasy expectation for them? And who do you think they're going to take? And what's the fantasy expectation? <laughs> I think they should take Justin Fields. He's my number two ranked quarterback, my number two ranked player in this draft, which is only behind Lawrence. Um, I think he's really, really talented. He has that pure blazing speed as a runner, but he's also a very good passer. I think they should take him. Um, I think they're probably like 
right now, if I had to put money on it, I guess I would say Mac Jones because that's like what everyone is saying. But it, my heart, in my heart of hearts, I feel like it's a smokescreen. Yeah, they're spreading disinformation like it's the Internet Research Agency or something. I guess that's how it was. I mean, like, let's days. be honest. It's probably Occam's Razor says it's Mac Jones because there's like, they went to his pro day. All these reports are that he they love him. He's just like, you know, coming off of a national title, all that stuff. But I don't know. In my heart of hearts, thinks I think it's maybe Justin Fields. So there's one option here that's not been discussed. And that's what they could. They spent three first round picks to move up. They could have just tossed out like a third or fourth rounder to the Los Angeles Chargers. And traded for backup quarterback Craig Horlbeck. Thank you. Thank you. Who I really, <laughs> he's, already, he's a NorCal guy. I don't know if he Instagrams a lot with the jackets, but I think he can plot. He's, he's probably not a cold weather guy, but still, it wouldn't cost much. He, in Shanahan's system, if Nick Mullins can pass for the second most yards ever, I feel like Craig Horlbeck could bat to crack the top five. He could beat Romo for sure. So I feel like that's mm. really just the missing link here. Is Craig, is he that much worse than Mac Jones? No, certainly not. Listen. I mean, like, I got the intangibles one. We obviously know that. Like, you can hear me talk for hours every week. Like, if you want to know my personality, like, how many other quarterbacks can you hear Check their the thoughts? Tape. Yeah. And you've got grit. Like, Fields played through that injury. You played through an eye thing today. I got. A, I went to the eye doctor today. I have a great frame. Listen, I'm from the Bay. I'm 6'2". I got a 6'4 wingspan. My dad's a diehard Niner fan. I'll come in whipping out the word hella left and right. Um, got a 6'4 wingspan. You can whip that thing. High school basketball, high school volleyball. What else do you really need? Do you have Jared Goff hands? Like little baby hands? No, I got I got large, average to large hands, <laughs> average I would say. Average to large hands. Average to large <laughs> hands. Oh my God. I, I think I'm a sure bet. I wanted, to, I wanted to say one thing here. Did you guys listen to Rosillo last week? Did you hear him do that thing where he went back and looked at uh, like draft picks from five years ago and saw if any of them were still on the team that drafted them? Yeah, do the do the recap though. Because he was talking about Aaron Gordon getting traded to the Nuggets, and everyone's like, "Ooh, Aaron Gordon lottery pick! Like this is cool. We're getting a lottery pick." And he's like, "Yeah, none of these lottery picks work out. None of these guys get signed to a second contract on their team. They're literally always on different teams. So you shouldn't get excited that you're getting a used lottery pick because there's a reason why they're used, essentially. So just looking at this list that we have put together from all these quarterbacks, if you go back five years from now, there is one quarterback in that draft who's on the team that drafted him, and that's Dak Prescott, 2015." Zero quarterbacks are on the team that drafted them. 2014, the only one is Derek Carr. 2013, zero. 2012, Russell Wilson. 2011, zero. There have been three quarterbacks from 2011 to 2016 still on the team that drafted them. That's only 10 years ago. I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks who are on a team for 15 years. And from 2016 to 2011, only three? I don't know what that tells you. I, I think it just tells you never draft a quarterback and just trade for Matt Stafford like the Rams did. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like, so the old the old philosophy on on tight ends in fantasy is like, let in Dynasty, is let other people draft tight ends and then when their stock drops after a miserable first <laughs> year, go trade for them because then like they're going to break out in year two. This is like maybe after the first contract for a quarterback or whatever and like they're talking to their team and the team's threatening to franchise tag them and they're starting to get like a little chippy with their team that drafts them. And um, <laughs> that's when you go and, and trade for a guy like that. Or like when they're like in Matt Stafford era, like 30 years old, trying to get that one last big contract, then go get them. No, I, I feel like if they're letting, no one lets good quarterbacks go. I think the answer here is nobody that's knows anything. No one anymore, knows how to though, find these people. And this is really hard, and like succeeding as a football team is, is honestly, you mentioned, it's like building a freaking Formula One car. It's like there's a lot that can go wrong. 
And you mentioned the, the driver thing, Craig. It's like, you need a driver, but like, it's really hard to find these guys. Who do you think would win in a race? <laughs> we, we got Jeff Gordon in my high school 1999 Honda Accord, or me in Jeff Gordon's car. Who's winning? <laughs> wow. You, uh, Jeff Gordon, because you couldn't handle that. Like, you couldn't do that. You would just crash immediately. It's like an Air Force pilot. You would pass out. Like, you would literally just zonk. He's like fucking ever given in the Suez Canal. He would just crash immediately, <laughs> run into the wall. We have not talked about the boat in the Suez Canal. How did we not talk about this yet? It's been an hour. All the news happens after we put this podcast up. The Mike Tolbert of ships. <laughs> plugging like, shit up. The Suez Canal memes were my favorite thing that's happened to me this year. Yeah, can we like acknowledge that apart from the fact like there are animals on some of these boats and they need to be protected, this is hilarious. <laughs> like it just plugged up the fucking world trade, like the entire world economy because one ship ran aground. There are two, th there's a lot that's funny about it. Obviously just because sideways ship, but I think the thing that's important is the memes. Because <laughs> The memes ship, are underspoken. Yeah. You've seen those photos of like big ship and like the one little backhoe and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. my depression and anxiety versus like taking walks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. And like the memes are funny, but here's the thing. I think that this is maybe the first truly global meme. Because how many times <laughs> does a meme actually affect like 190 countries? Every country that participates in global trade, everyone everywhere had heard about this. And it's like, hey, toilet paper's going up. Like everyone heard about this. <laughs> and I like that those photos transcend language. They transcend culture. It's like there is like 95% of the countries on earth can see that picture and laugh. That's pretty good. <laughs> the first global meme. Uh, yeah, that was crazy, man. Did, so I was following this the other day when they got the ship loose or whatever. Did it actually literally get loose and then run aground again? Because I feel like there was conflicting reports that after they'd gotten it loose, it like ran back aground because of high wind. I'm not going to lie. I haven't been following the exact flow of like the getting I was it watching unlodged. It on Twitter. I've been looking at the memes. <laughs> like the memes are what I'm here for. DK's like, got the live cam on CNN. He's just watching it for 24 hours a day. They should have charged pay-per-view. They should have turned it and then you could have raised back the $100 trillion that, they, that this cost everyone. But here's how I feel about laughing about it. I know it's somewhat of a serious conversation, but who's going to pay for this? Us, because the costs are going to go up on everything. So it's fine. We get to laugh about it. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. That's we all. need a stimmy check for the Suez Canal blockage. <laughs> Look, it was Passover, and it's, you know what? The ship escaped Egypt. Happy ending. Uh, <laughs> Craig and I are both still like, what? <laughs> like, what? What is going on? <laughs> Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Niners really should have just traded for Craig Worldback. Thank you to everyone for listening. This was a lot of fun. We'll see you guys next week. Thank whoa, whoa, you, Lorne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You get the music. Also, DK and I are going on the big board on the NFL show. So, like, check out the Ringer NFL check that show. Out. Thank you, 50 Cent. Oh. What'd you say? Liquid Descent? 50 Cent. Oh, 50 Cent. Oh, my God. 50 Cent. Liquid okay. Descent. I, I was like, what is that? <laughs> That's a pretty good band name, I guess. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs>